this episode of the FAC podcast, Rehard and I talk about our student project, the challenges, pitfalls and astounding successes of making our first multi-sprint project during FAC 20. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fact 20 podcast. I am Zizi Adiemo, joined again by Rehard today. Hi guys, what's up? <laughs> so um, we are in the middle of um, build week two on our Tech for Better project, which means that we're almost at the very end of FAC. Um, and that means that people are busy and stressed. So it's just me and Rehard for this one because... I don't know, because we're mad, I guess. <laughs> we know we've got loads of work to do, but we'll record a podcast at the same time, because why not? Yeah. So if, guys, you're getting job before us, that's the main reason. Help us out later on. Don't forget about all all your mates, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so I thought that, like, seeing as we're at the end of our second project probably makes sense for us to talk a little bit about the first one i think like maybe if we've got anybody listening that's outside of fact it might be nice for them to hear what doing a student project is like um and for the other people that are members of fact they might kind of be able to relate to the the pains and the triumphs of us going through the building of as um so yeah, let's let's talk about because Rehard and I worked on the same team during student projects. Let's talk about it. So, w- what was our project, Rehard? I mean, obviously I know, but why don't you share it with the listeners? Yeah, so guys, uh, Azizi came up with a noble idea to help uh, all Londoners to select the rubbish uh, easily without any doubts. So the idea was basically to create an app which helps you to understand labeling, uh, recycling labels, and uh, by that you would know in which container, throw what, by that. uh, Basically you as a user produce less uh, waste, uh, you recycle more, uh, the globe is greener, everybody is happier, and we have our project in portfolio. So essential idea was to gather data online about recycling, put it all in one. And if you live in any part of London, it would be easy for you to understand how to recycle your rubbish. Yeah. So it's a a problem that I have sometimes had is not quite knowing where to throw my rubbish. It wasn't my idea though, Rehard. It was my partner's. So she decided, well, I asked her and she was like, this is a problem that lots of my friends complain about. Like we've experienced this as well. So we need to know exactly where to throw our rubbish. So yeah, it was one, it was one of the ideas um, that was put forward and we selected it to make our um, first multi week yeah. web app oh man about that i can say even more the recycling is the main point of argument at home between me and my partner so now i can point it out out and say look here you know that's my app is telling true recycle uh so <laughs> recycle my way and no more <laughs> arguments yeah 
Fantastic. <laughs> um, I wonder. I wonder how many other people get aggravated or get in arguments over <laughs> where different types of rubbish should be thrown. Um, but yeah, like it was. I I obviously thought it was a good idea. I was really glad that it got picked. I was really glad that we got to make it. Um, and we, this was like our first multi-week project, um, as I said before. Um, and it was like quite different to the stuff that we've been doing up until that point in Fact 20. So before that, week by week, we were doing a new, uh, an, learning a new technology, making a new project, and that would only be over like one and a half days. Um, so having three weeks to make something changed the dynamic quite a lot. Um, so yeah. how did you find that, Rehard? Yeah, it's, it kind of, it, you, you start to a little bit behave like a kid in the fact, in a way that, ooh, now I have two weeks to build. Let me try all the possible technology that I learned. So we tried to pick up everything, React, CodeCav, Jest, Cypress, uh, Style Components, you name it, everything that would be related to web development, uh, just to try them all out. And then, yeah, I guess <laughs> the biggest thing is to manage yourself and, and your teammates to basically understand that two weeks is not a year <laughs> and you need to kind of keep yourself in the frame and focus on what you want to build and not what you want to use. And I think we did great with that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think probably with a lot of the other groups as well, um, it's, it feels like a chance to like stretch stretch your legs a bit, like see how far you can get with new things that you've barely used. Like you do so much learning so quickly that you become very confident in your ability to take on new technology. So having a whole three weeks instead of like two days to make something, it's like we could, we could like go in one direction for like a day or two and then find out that it doesn't work and we will still have plenty of time to turn around and like make something great at the end of that um so yeah the the chance to experiment is just delicious um and i think we used it well and i also think we knew when to stop um which i think is probably the harder part of that decision to know when the thing that you're trying to do is taking too much time, is taking too much energy, and although it could have like these this amazing payoff, like it's it's going to be more satisfying um, and more appreciated to just have something that's more complete. Um, yeah, I want. Yeah, I I. I do expect that everybody felt like that, but it would be quite nice to kind of hear from them at some point as well. Um, but you've kind of listed lots of the technologies that we yeah. used very hard. Um, yeah, one second, like what's, I, see, I have a guest. Let me let me speak. Ah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> you you warned me it was going to happen. <laughs> no, somebody uh, somebody just offered me a great burgers, and I said no just to make this. Uh, 
uh, make this podcast, guys, just to entertain <laughs> me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I totally agree with you. It's all about. Uh, yeah, it's all about thinking uh, about project and and thinking what what you can do within a time frame and not uh, just uh, dreaming about what you want to do. Um, so that's the main thing. It's good to be a dreamer though. I agree. Yeah. And we dream a lot. No, uh, we, we ran over time and we didn't meet all our deadlines, but um, we've done a lot though. Yeah, I'm hoping, I'm very much hoping to go back and finish um, the parts of that website that are incomplete because it is a useful tool. But we did find other useful tools along the way. Like there are, surprisingly enough, um, lots of um, like resources for knowing how to recycle properly, um, especially in London. Um, and we kind of took advantage of some of those by trying to scrape data from them, succeeding in scraping data from them anyway, uh, which was a new thing. Um, so yeah, what was, what was a full tech stack? If you remember, Rihard, what were all of the new things that we attempted to learn and some of the old ones that we used? Yeah. So the basic ones, uh, obviously was react to build the app itself. We use React Router. For the first time, we tried Style Guide this. It didn't work. We didn't like it, remember? Then we <laughs> tried the storybook. It took us a while to set them both. And we decided to move on without them. Uh, we used Style Components very successfully, I would say. Uh, for tests, we tried Code Coverage uh, together with Circle CI. Worked very well uh for for facilitating the project you use jira obviously we we all were involved in maintaining that but uh you did super great job by organizing things uh, there and putting, thank you you were very great with that we spoke about the last time you super organized man <laughs> Years of teaching, it forces you to be organized. Um, yeah. And we used Cypress, which was great fun and good to learn. I don't know if I mentioned it earlier. I think we put some tests on Jest as well. Uh, yeah, we you... were not test driven, but we tried to make as many tests as possible. And for backend, we used Airtable uh, to keep it simple because we just needed one table. And we used Puppeteer, which was the biggest joy for all of us, wasn't it, Aziz? Yeah, that was, yeah, it was lots of fun kind of introducing ourselves to a different part of, I guess, like programming, like the idea of data scraping um, and the tools to do it. Um, I guess like it's something that's used a lot um, for, I don't know, various different bits of software that are trying to, for instance, find out about 
potential employees. Um, I know we've had some um, recruiters um, come in and tell us that they have software that when they get a job application will use the email address to scrape data and like put a picture to the person's name and things like that. Um, and getting to grips with how stuff like that works, I found really interesting, even though it was like just a sort of like cursory glance at that, making something that was functional using Puppeteer, I found quite enlightening. Yeah. And don't forget, we first time we used SVG, Trish, amazing job. Honestly, the way that you find out, the way that you put things there, then you made it look great. You put the names of all the councils and, and yeah, Khadija, of course, you, you built the navigation and found it. So the difficult navigation, we almost made it work and then we moved to something else. And yeah, Khadija and Trish guys, their machines, amazing to work and, and and I can't just say it's just me as easy build it. We all were a very solid team. And, and guys, thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I I had so much fun working in that team. Um, and it was great having the opportunity to do so over a longer period of time. And people, yeah, like found their roles really well um, and took responsibility for everything that we were doing. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned um, Trish's work on an SVG, which we now know is an acronym short for Scalable Vector Graphics. Yeah. Um, and um, so what we had um, is an app where when you, when you first go to it, you see a map of London uh, with all of the boroughs. Um, and it was sort of just a an interesting little idea that we had lots of fun making a lot more concrete was that you would be able to click on a borough and then that would select where you were and it would tell you what recycling bins and what could be recycled in that borough. So to get that to work, uh, Trish spent lots of time um, making sure that like different bits of it highlighted in the right colors and um, and that it actually gave back the name of the borough when you clicked on it. And it's it's interesting because we've, we've had a talk really recently about how um, versatile uh, SVGs can be. Um, and we jumped right in there even before that. Um, I, yeah, it looks... It looks really nice and it took lots of work. Um, I'm super happy with it. And I was really impressed with our team for managing to put it together. Yeah. And yeah, of course. Thanks, Bobby, for the last workshop. Uh, I was excited to see that the that whole, that all vector graphic can be animated as well. There was a little bit eye-opener for me. And that's great. I mean... I I definitely will use them further in my career. Definitely, that's great tool, super flexible, uh, easy to use, easy to understand. And yeah, yeah, yeah. vector graphics are definitely a great thing for 
any web page to make it look good to to animate it and so on i mean i i find it really interesting so i'm i have i have a large love of video games um and sort of i before i started doing the web development stuff like i had heard lots about sort of rendering pipelines and like the efficiencies of like different ways of making graphics um and i never i haven't had like the specific education to like have a thorough understanding of that but the word vector graphics has been thrown around for a long time um and it's interesting that so so if you go really far back in video games there used to be things made with vector graphics because they would have like custom arcade machines um made with their own specific way of producing the graphics of the game um so you could do things completely differently in different spaces but generally speaking um as things became more um uniform as we were using the same graphics technologies to make uh, video games as time went on it became much much harder much more expensive in terms of processing time to do things with vectors um and i know now they're talking about reintroducing them with like the much more powerful machines we have but whilst this was going on like web web stuff obviously had SVGs the whole time. I'm sure that in like uh, the print industry, for instance, like making sure that things had clear lines that were scalable instead of making things out of pixels, like has counted for so much that I just hadn't even thought that, yeah, things would be being done with vector graphics um, in on machines and different technologies that I was using all of the time um and it's kind of exciting <laughs> to have like a picture defined programmatically rather than like coloring each individual pixel um I don't know they're they're pretty cool absolutely I think anyway <laughs> and yeah and I liked and I've liked playing around them quite a lot yeah Absolutely, they're great things to to use, and and like we we just mentioned there, uh, the the best advantage they are so predictable uh, that it takes no time for for you to understand uh, where things are going wrong, and and yeah, they're like. Uh, yeah super easy and great to use that's all i can say <laughs> can't pick <laughs> any other words on that and yeah talking about the graphics itself uh we also had the flip card do you remember that i do some interesting css that we played with there yeah uh there was there was another great feature and uh just to tell you more guys so we basically created a different types or categories of uh, waste uh, where uh, which are displayed on your screen basically and by hovering on 
uh, other side of the card is showing you where to uh, throw it out. So it's kind of, there is a little bit ga gamification in the, in the in the app, I can say. And uh, they took us a while to make as well. And uh, we had a little bit difficulties with that. I can't remember what it was. As in, so we had we had an interesting bug that came from those cards spinning, um, which was to do with so it, the cards. So it's like it's like you've got a playing card on a table, except on one side it has the waste type. Um, so that could be glass, metal, um, electronics, something like that. Um, and then on the other side, it has the appropriate way to dispose of it. Um, so what you do to find out where to dispose of your waste is you simply click on that card. Um, or um, if you're using a mouse and keyboard, so it would be press on the card on a phone. Mouse and keyboard, it would be to bring your mouse cursor over the top of it. Um, so it flips over on hover. But that created a weird problem because as it turns around, so imagine the card turning in slow motion. Uh, so that imagine you brought your hand over the card and just as you get to the edge of the card, it starts turning just because your, your finger's above it. And as it starts to turn, it gets kind of halfway, less than halfway even, and your finger's no longer over the top of it. So it stops turning and it goes back. <laughs> And then your and then as it goes back, your fingers back over the top of it, so it starts going again. So you ended up with this weird jutter, and we had to we had to work out how to deal with that one, um, which just involved making an invisible box around the whole card, which was doing the which was when it flipped instead. But I don't think you were talking about that. I'm not sure what the difficulty yeah, yeah, you were yeah. talking about was. Oh no, that was exactly. The, oh, that was it. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, the crazy flipping back and forth works uh, uncontrollably. And there was another thing which I a uh, little bit thought about it at the end. And I get the feedback from my girlfriend. I remember when the card flipped other side, we said that button is not very clear. And people were confused where to click. Uh, I get suggestion to make the whole card clickable. <laughs> That's obviously the answer. Yeah. So yeah, we could we could actually try that later on. And I'd love to. Yeah. Like I'm I'm very very willing to go back to that and improve on it. Yeah. 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 Um, I think yeah, because that was that was a really interesting addition to the development cycle as well like we hadn't done user testing before um like both user interviews and usability testing the former to find out what people would want in an app or what the problem was that we were trying to solve like to understand what it was for other people and then the latter the usability testing to actually see if our app worked for people and discovering Things like buttons not actually quite looking like buttons. <laughs> yeah, I I really under underestimate uh, user interviews, but when we've done the first one, 
it was shifting paradigm for me. I completely changed all my mindset and my point of view on interviews. From now on, I definitely, you know, uh, support this idea, and uh, and I think if if in any any further project, I will do, I will encourage as many uh, interviews as possible. If it will be up to me, if uh, if obviously product owners or people for whom I am developing the product will think differently, obviously I'll go with their flow, but I will definitely suggest and encourage that because we learned so much from interviews. Uh, people gave us uh, so much uh, perspectives on on our app and they really critically thought about it and then show us what's wrong with it and they help us a lot yeah it's um it's fascinating when you give people the space to be brutally honest like the valuable things that you find out are yeah like plentiful um i think i think like the idea of the, that development cycle where you're like testing and developing and um and getting feedback and then developing and testing and getting feedback like it's something that's shown its strength so much in software that it's like leaked into lots of other parts of life as well um cool. so i feel that i feel that it's something that's just a valuable skill a valuable thing to get the chance to be a part of a valuable skill to develop like wherever you might end up implementing it not that i'm planning on going anywhere else um, <laughs> i've yeah i guess I don't, I don't know like i feel like i've said this in every podcast so far but i've really 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 enjoyed like all of the the building and coding that we've been doing um and learning how to do that better um and yeah um user testing and usability testing is another big part of that they helped us to to gain our main focus to be honest on things that are important for our app as well i guess because before user testing we had so many ideas uh so many things that we want to do and they help us to narrow down to what's the most important as well and mm -hmm. yeah that i would say gave us uh as well it was like a factor which influenced the success of our project another thing that i would definitely like to discuss and mention was goal setting which uh you encourage a lot during stand-ups and this helped uh, me personally to first of all keep the interest and be highly motivated throughout the project uh second of all i guess it kind of uh created this uh feeling of being one team and and clearly speaking about team goals and personal goals help us to 
to know what uh, each one of us would like to achieve by this project. And they help us to quickly understand on what we would like to work, uh, where we would like to spend the most time, and how we would like to move this project on. Uh, yeah, do you agree with that? Or Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> that was like a really large reason for why I wanted to implement them. Like, say, being, being team lead um, or scrum facilitator, um, to use the agile. Well, in fact, it's not even an agile method, uh, methodology term, is it? It's like just the one that we're using at FAC. Um, like the idea of everybody like having equal responsibility. Um, so we decided to use the word facilitator um, instead of like master um, because I mean, you just would, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I kind of, I've, I picked up things from like lots of other people having been team leads throughout the course before. Um, and I think the, the two big ones were, yeah, having those personal goals um, and discussing them a little bit um, and also making sure that people take breaks because it's so easy to just get yourself completely focused on a problem and just keep going and going and going at it um, until you're stuck thinking one way and not finding the solution because you're thinking in that one way. And if you just stop for five minutes, walk away, have a cup of tea, come back, then it clicks. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and it helps everybody feel happier karma um and when we're all trying to achieve so much in terms of developing our understanding as well as building something uh that we want to be proud of like it's easy to lose focus um, so yeah a little bit of distance every now and then um and knowing exactly what your goals are both help yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent, and also we we managed to solve many complicated things just by pair swapping, because new new fresh look on the issue uh, was often the good uh, and quick uh, solution for it. Now, because the uh, I remember the time when we swapped and, and and one of us just instantly came with the solution for the problem, which another pair was just spending a, like re really a long time on uh, on solving that and, and couldn't just really figure out what's going on. And, and yeah, sometimes it's easier, not easier, but it's, I guess it's better sometimes if you're in a big team, if you're stuck to to give somebody else to look at it and and the person might just come up with the solution quickly because they they think about it from different perspective and and this is what i learned as well uh from our project just by flipping uh over and over again uh from one one let's say task 
to another, from one problem to another. It helps you to it helps your mind to keep focus because you are not like you said you are not attached to one problem. It's not deep in your mind. You kind of keep uh, keep having this flow in your head of just constantly looking and solving for something. I don't know if I am clear on that, but for me at least, it was easier to switch the task, and then in the new task, I could see something spot and then and help with that, rather than being stuck for hours on one task, and then yeah, just completely uh, losing ideas and losing, let's say, motivation even sometimes to to do something. Yeah, I think I really found that there's every every member of the team had something has like a really interesting different perspective on any given problem. Like I found that very very frequently um whatever the problem was, whether it was something that was like quite sticky or something that like seemed easy to solve that just because we were changing who we were working with and talking about all of those problems a lot of the time it meant that you would see a different way to solve something a better way to solve something or like maybe not be provided with the solution to the problem that you were facing but to have a very different perspective like allowed you to find the next little step that then somebody else would be able to pick up and complete. Like it was, yeah, very satisfying. Um, I think, I wonder how you feel, what you think, Rihard, you've picked up from the the student project that's that you've brought into your Tech for Better project that you're working on now. Oh, that's a good question. You know me, I don't overthink too much. I just, I just, I just do things. Uh, I don't know, honestly. Maybe that's, uh, I definitely carry over uh, the thing that we, we followed all the time that we need to stay calm and then we need to stay just open and positive to anything. Uh, by that, what I mean, uh, many times we, we, we tried, we tried lots of things in, in student project that didn't work. Uh, we gave up on them. We tried different ones or we tried different approach and we didn't got fr- frustrated about it. Uh, and, and I just tried to keep that one, uh, that kind of a mood and mindset in our team just by encouraging to try things and if they don't work they don't work you know and i don't look back on the time lost because it's not the lost time it's just the time you spend on learning you might not you might haven't built things that you want to but you know uh things things doesn't always work that the, the way we plan right and it's just normal it's life is life and yeah that 
particular thing I tried to carry over. Uh, but anything else, I let's say I'm a bit wiser. I, uh, I I try not to pick up many technologies as we try to, you know, we uh, we try so much things to to put inside our student project. Uh, I try to be a bit more reserved in this project because first of all, we are developing up not for ourselves. We're developing up for someone else. And, and I just try to focus on what that person would like to do, what like to have, sorry, would like to receive. <laughs> yeah. Rather than just, uh, trying to, to, to test and to test things out. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, like a lot of that resonates as well. I think, um, we, in this project, we've, um, instead of trying to use as many new technologies as possible, um, the great thing is because so many people did that in the last one, we can now, we now have the opportunity to look at all of those technologies and how people have found them to decide which ones to use this time. Um, so... <laughs> We, another group had used um, like Firebase to build theirs. Um, and we saw that it provided lots of shortcuts, which would give us more time to work on providing something that's really finished um, for our product owner. Um, so we went in that direction. Um, another really big one for me is like re actually really listening to my teammates. Um, I think everything was such a mad rush before that like I, I was kind of bad at like taking the time to really hear what people were saying. <laughs> um, and I think, I think that's improved a lot. Um, like in, in the student project and in this one, um, like really recognizing the, the quality of the ideas and perspectives that people are bringing to the table. Um, and thirdly, every one of us, apart from the person on the team that was in charge of deployment last time is now doing deployment. So yeah. I think all of us were excited at, by all of the like excellent work that Trish put into us deploying. Oh my well. God. Oh my God, Trish. The, the <laughs> job you've done on the first day of build in our student project, it, it, it's, it's in, in invaluable. I can't even say how much thankful, how thankful I am for you. I, I've seen so many things, you know, uh, in there that I picked up, and I wasn't good with setting up. To be honest, I'm I'm way much worse DevOps than than, than you. And yeah, how do you find the DevOps? By the way, I like it. I a love lot. it. Yeah, I actually love it. Like, I I like. So a big part of why I enjoy development is I like making things that work well and making the thing that makes things work well <laughs> is like multiplying that. Yeah. So yeah, I've, I've like managed to squirrel away some extra time to like tune it exactly right. And having the foundation of all of the work from the student projects has meant that I've managed to make something that works relatively smoothly. Um, 
and it's so satisfying when you've got like continuous integration set up so that you just push a branch and as long as it passes its tests then it gets pushed um into into like the live version and there it is like sitting on firebase for everyone to access without having to like press any buttons or like change any code to make sure that things are working exactly the way they should be it's just smooth yeah what do you use for ci um circle ci oh circle ci together with code coverage right uh yeah so we've got um this time we've got um we're obviously doing uh tests with jest uh we've involved cypress a little bit as well i haven't quite got that working yet we've only recently started putting some cypress tests in mm-hmm. um and then yeah we're using circle ci um and um code co- yeah we've got code coverage report uh there as well and we've got like some um pre-commit hook checks as well to try and ensure that by the time things get to circle ci they're behaving the right way how about you uh, uh i wasn't i wasn't successful with setting up yaml file so i, I didn't see those satisfying green things for a while <laughs> and i just couldn't put together code cover and circle ci uh luckily me how done some work jen knew what to do as well and they all helped me out thanks for that and yeah uh we are we've done quite good uh test coverage and those are the two things i used uh circle ci code coverage and and that's it at the moment i didn't try to overcomplicate it i followed what martin said i just tried to make uh deployment as smooth as possible obviously i said i i set up netlify rock all these basic things as well uh also with the help of my team and and yeah co- devops is great but i still think uh i need i need to learn a lot i'm not i'm not good at that that's definitely not not at the level at least as i would love to be and i think well, the focused... more places the more places that you have to deploy like the the harder it is right sure. um like because we because we're all on firebase it was like get it right in one place and then it's fine okay um i'll, t- I'll tell you my secret though i just <laughs> like looked through all of our student project uh repositories for the yml files there and like l- try to work out what each of those bits did and then combine them together <laughs> good i i'm looking back at the at our project now when we are making a hooks for our fetching and yeah oh i i, I just remember remember that uh npm package of Airtable which we couldn't make it work for almost <laughs> half of the day. Guys, Airtable NPM package is a scam. <laughs> I'm not I'm not shy to, t- to tell it publicly. It's just waste of time. It might work somewhere else, but not with the React project. So guys, whoever is on React, 
using npm Airtable, try to use the simply fetching and this will work much easier much better <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i didn't i didn't do any of the joining up the dots on that part like so so in the end it's just just a fetch request yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh so in in the uh, use effect uh we basically put the fetch for Airtable and and that worked, yeah, because npm package is so fragmented, you can't have it all in one piece. At least we couldn't figure out, and and that's why it didn't work, basically, in my opinion. Whereas, uh, if you put fetch request all in one in use effect and then use it on on in your uh, uh, React. A page then it's, it's way much easier it's just simpler i found it much simpler to to work with and mm-hmm. you know it, if it saves the time and saves the lines of code and gives you less bugs why not to you know <laughs> my opinion but you know and fewer dependencies as well which like is usually considered a good thing i believe <laughs> oh yeah. yeah 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 as well yeah Another thing what I, I, I noticed, because uh, we were super happy that uh, our data scraping worked and Puppeteer is great. Uh, do you agree? It's like Cypress in a way, because you give the command uh, to go around the web and just collect things bit by bit. So... You mean that Cypress, you're sort of giving commands to go around the the website that you've built, mm-hmm. whereas with Puppeteer, you're giving commands to go around like other websites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Cypress allowed me to understand the core, uh, let's say, core idea behind how Puppeteer works, because essentially you send it out to your desirable place and you give commands to click around input correct things and just collect data from there yeah where cypress you do essentially the same but instead of collecting data you just check if your if if what if after your behavior you see uh what you want to see on your screen mm-hmm. so i think because we've still got lots of work to do on uh tech for better projects i want to wrap this up like fairly soon okay but um i'd love to ask you one more question um what in terms of all of those new technologies um, and finding out more about what exists um, in like the the landscape from the student project, like what did you become excited to find out more about, to learn more about? Uh, data scraping. Uh, I would like to know more about DevOps because, like I mentioned. I just would like to level uh, up my skill on that. 
and I I still don't feel that I understand React inside out. I understand that it will take me years of of learning, but definitely would like to learn more on React. And the most important, I would like to work uh, more on backend, um, especially on authorization, uh, security, and things like that. Uh, everything that's related to security, uh, I'm I'm very very interested in, and I really would like to know more. And of course, like I said, collecting data across the web. How about you? So I guess like the thing that doing the data scraping made me think about is how um, machines like um, interact with the internet when when it's not for like human consumption. Like there's obviously, I mean like most most of communication on the web is that. Um, and I guess I'm... I'm interested in digging a little deeper there, like seeing how much um, processing and analysis can happen um, to provide valuable feedback before like people are involved at all. Um, like how, how much can that be automated? Um, that kind of excites me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm hopefully at some point I'll have time to look into it. <laughs> well, we will have a time. We are, we but, are, yeah, but also yeah. actually like I we did lots of front end stuff um, and I've been doing lots of front end stuff on the current project as well and like I do really really enjoy like all of the all of the back end doohickery um, and I would like to spend more time working that out as well hmm. I guess it all comes together though really doesn't it it's like yeah of the course. machine stuff that people don't see yeah I, I in a way I've find backend easier um, from the point that you need to connect things together and you make you need to make the data flow from one place to another whereas in front end you need to think about colors you need to think about Sometimes animations, layouts, adjust the screens. There's so many things. Of course, in backend as well. But all of that stuff is still about kind of making the data flow the way you want it to. It's just yeah. that now it's like being processed by humans. It has to be like understandable and easily passable to like a human brain. Um, so I think I feel like it's a lot of the same questions, but just with like a much fuzzier border, <laughs> like it's not specific. You don't have a yes, no answer. You have a, yeah, this, this kind of looks a bit better. This makes a little bit more sense or, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure about that so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we want to say or let's keep it for the next time if nobody comes I'll join you man as always <laughs> let's keep it for another one okay great <laughs> uh, I All hope right. I was a bit better than the last time you were superb the last time and you've been fantastic this time and I look forward to having you on again thanks man 
Thanks. Always pleasure. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. See ya. Bye.